0: Welcome to VSI, no, not the Vinyl Siding Institute, which is the number one Google result, and not even Veterinary Service Incorporated, which is more relevant to today's show, but Variation Selection Inheritance, a podcast production of the National Science Foundation's Beacon Center for the Study of Evolution in Action. I'm Randall Hayes, and this is Chloe. Say hello, Chloe. If you read the blog this week, you already know that we got a dog. A honey blonde shelter bitch of indeterminate origins. Supposedly a mix of border collie and some kind of shepherd. She's my son's dog, really, but she doesn't seem to realize that yet. She's kind of latched on to me as pack leader or alpha male or whatever. Probably the only female who's ever made that particular mistake. I'm guessing that most of my listeners took the GRE or at least the SAT, and are familiar with their use of analogies. Well, today's episode is me making the case that dogs, single colon, are to wolves, double colon, as humans are to chimps, and that we can learn some important things about human evolution by looking at dog evolution. Sinology, the study of dogs, has gotten quite a bit of press lately. There have been a lot of studies and multiple nature documentaries about dog genetics, dog behavior, the evolution of dogs from wolves. I'll have links to some of those on the website. My absolute favorite of those stories is one I first read in David Sloan Wilson's Evolution for Everyone. It was about a Russian named Believ who was trying to breed tame foxes for the fur trade. He used really strong selection, breeding the tamest 10% of his foxes. Within two or three generations, the kits stopped biting every human that they saw. In the fourth generation, some, not all, but some, started wagging their tails. In generation six, about 2% of those kits would actively seek human companionship. After 24 more generations, a total of 30. It was almost half. And now it's almost all of them. So it probably wouldn't be that hard to do it again with wolves. The first time would have taken much longer, probably, because the process was more accidental. It turns out the Guilford County Animal Shelter, where we got Chloe, also selects for tameness. They test for biting and other problem behaviors in what they call their intake room before they put the dogs out on the floor for adoption. This makes for a weird bias. I noticed lots of of black and white dogs and lots of sort of rusty red-brown dogs. Those same color patterns appear in Holstein cows, horses, lots of other domesticated animals. Is that just some kind of weird coincidence? Or is there something else? The Russian silver fox experiments say, no. The original foxes were all black with silver tips. They started getting white and brown coat colors after less than 10 generations. Specifically, that white spot on the forehead that horse people call a star. Then they started to get floppy ears and curly tails. Then changes in the shape of the skull. They also started to hit puberty earlier and started breeding year-round, like lots of domestic animals do. If these were Beyblades or some other completely modular system, those changes should not be correlated with one another. Remember that the Russians were not selecting for anything other than tameness. So what's going on here? Did you say something, Chloe? Did you say something? You say, woof! And you say, woof. She doesn't say much. Let's review. Fox's got calmer, more baby like in some ways, and yet also sexier. So, what links fear, anger, and sex? That would be stress hormones, like adrenaline and cortisol, under the control of the pituitary gland. Reducing the stress hormones would make you less afraid and probably more horny. When the Russians went back and measured cortisol levels in their foxes, they were down. A lot. The wild foxes were like five times higher. What would happen if we deliberately bred apes for tameness? Would they start to act more human? Would apes, like the foxes, automatically develop some of the same social abilities that dogs have, like the ability to read body language, like the gestures for pointing. That was the basis for Pierre Boulle's original novel, Planet of the Apes. All the cats and dogs in that world died of a plague, so humans bred apes to replace them as our pets and servants. The end of human civilization was quite different in the book, than in any of the movies, by the way. Are humans, just apes, accidentally selected for tameness? Interesting question. We don't have white stars on our foreheads, or floppy ears, but we are a lot calmer than the other apes. In the past ten minutes, I have not found any evidence for lower cortisol levels in humans. Are humans currently being selected for tameness? We are under selection for earlier puberty, according to a recent paper based on the Framingham Nurses' Study, and we don't have a stable breeding season. And rates of murder and animal cruelty have been going down for hundreds of years, according to Steven Pinker, although he discounts the possibility of selection as being too slow to account for these changes. The Russians tamed their foxes in less than 30 generations, but that was very, very strong selection. I think what's going on here is a combination of selection for tameness in humans, probably magnified by our social copying behaviors. Most crimes are committed by a relatively small number of repeat offenders. Change that number by just a little bit And social copying might do the rest, in either direction. You could make a society less violent, or, if you're Hitler, you could make a society more violent. That's a research program to fill the next 20 years, if you've got 20 years to spend on it. But that's all the time we have for this week. Tune back in. VSI is produced by me, Randall Hayes, at North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University, with support from the National Science Foundation.